Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Here on Bet the Edge, how we doing? I'm your host Sarah Perlman, of course, with the whale capper Drew Densick. Thanks for being with us on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Here's what's coming up on today's show. Baseball's back, so we have former catcher Chris Jimenez coming on to help us talk through some baseball futures, including the crazy race we're going to see in the AL East and also get into who could possibly be this year's Atlanta Braves team. Corey Parson, a Yankees fan, we'll see how he feels on the show about his team in the AL East. He's going to stop by to give us some NBA insight with the Heat Sixers uh, and also where he sees an edge in the Sweet 16. And, of course, we have our edge of the day. Those are our best bets. And a lot more coming up here on Bet the Edge. Drew, how was your weekend? It was tremendous. Basically, everything I needed to go right in college basketball went right. Uh, very, very live in the high-stakes Calcutta that we participate in every uh, every one of these years. And, um, you know, at this point, obviously, I'm, I have weirdly, I'm a Kansas fan, even though Kansas was never on my radar to do anything good. Um, you know, we have them in pole position right here now for – uh, a finals appearance. Very excited about that. Uh, overall, I thought the uh, quality of basketball on Saturday and Sunday was not the greatest. It's tough to go from watching NBA where you're watching the world's best and then, you know, you're watching college kids struggle to get a three-pointer and, you know, make a free throw. But that's okay. It was it's hard still, to get uh, mad also when you're like, at- okay, fine. They're 20 years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, calm down. You're getting right. mad at an 18-year-old yeah. now. The 20-year-old ones are the old ones on, on the court. Without a doubt. But, uh, yeah, no. It, ultimately, uh, I thought uh, that we had a lot of fun results particularly towards the end of um end of the push there that you know great great finale in a couple of the games we got yesterday so um exciting that uh that there are a couple of cinderellas exciting that uh we have the opportunity to see some huge matchups particularly in the west love the west matchups uh and i ultimately uh yeah my bracket is still live what about you Eh, my final four teams are there. Bracket, eh, not looking great, but that's okay. Too many upsets for me. I think I went too chalky, but... If you want to kind of talk about path here, as we currently look at the way that the tournament is shaping up, uh, as I mentioned, I think pretty clearly when we talked about how the Midwest looked to be the weakest of the uh, regions and how that favored Kansas, that has held true to form. Certainly they are... Uh, expected to be massive favorites against Providence here as we go into the Sweet 16. And then they would draw the winner of Iowa State-Miami, a 10-11 matchup, amazingly, uh, in the uh, Sweet 16 is going to be wild. So Kansas really in very, very good shape to make the Final Four. We mentioned the West being potentially the the hardest. uh, And, you know, Gonzaga takes on an Arkansas team that won unimpressively against New Mexico State. They scored 50 Well, they're eight points. and a half point favorites <laughs> against Arkansas. Yeah, what, what was your read, though, on the way that Gonzaga played? Like, they didn't look great for most of the game against Georgia State. They 
probably it looked like they were going to lose to Memphis. Ultimately, they get a four point win. Um, they're not covering these big spreads. Do you think that there is this is, is there a warning sign with this Gonzaga team or is it like they just, you know, they did what they needed to do to get here. And now, um, you know, they still are the strongest team in college basketball. What is your read? I don't know if they're the strongest team in basketball. And I think their defensive struggles has showed that as you're alluding to the fact that they're eight and a half point favorites over Arkansas, I will not be surprised to see more money come in on Arkansas as we get closer mm -hmm. to the sweet 16 here. I have them winning the whole thing but right now. If you were to probably give me another shot, I would take Arizona. I think they've played a little bit better. Whoa. Even Houston looked, even Houston looked impressive, but the team that, um, I guess last night and I was watching the game that I'm taking a look at their futures right now is Texas tech. Mm. They had, you know, that was a really tough game. Notre Dame gave them a run for their money. And I think that scared off some people watching Texas Tech defensively, obviously. Uh, one of the best teams in the country, if not the best in remaining. And right now you could find them 12 to 1. But there were a few other teams, Drew, before, before we move forward here that I want to get your thoughts on. Just because looking at the odds, which I think is interesting, entering Friday to now, Gonzaga... They shortened. Um, they're now yeah. plus 225, a team you talked about. Obviously, they were plus 275. Arizona's now 5-1. to one. They were 6-1 to one, um, before Friday. And then Kansas was 7-1, to one, a team you like, now sitting at 5-1. to one. When you look at these adjusted odds for the teams moving forward, if you were to place a futures bet right now, looking at the fresh odds on the board, is there one that jumps? North Carolina, 20 to one. Any of those bigger numbers that stand out to you? Kansas five to one is too, too, too favorable. Um, I agree, understand why Gonzaga shortened their bracket. Didn't get any softer. They're still going to have to do the hard work themselves. Arkansas is there. They're going to have to defeat them. They're going to have to defeat a true competitor in the elite eight between Texas tech and Duke, whoever emerges. So uh, they didn't gain a ton of equity in their region. However, their semifinal potential semifinal opponent got a lot softer. Baylor's mm -hmm. gone. Kentucky's gone. Right. Uh, Purdue, not, you know, as a paper tiger, uh, you could potentially have North Carolina, St. Peter's might be your elite eight, you know, matchup in the, in that region, which would be absolutely wild. Um, and not to dismiss North Carolina, that's a good team, but you know, you're going to be double digit favorite over them if you're Gonzaga. So I get why they shortened, uh, Arizona still has a very, very tough path. You mentioned Houston, Houston might be the second best team in the country right now, uh, depending on, you know, whose numbers you believe. Um, and so Arizona's got a tough draw in the Sweet 16. They've got a tough matchup, potentially either Michigan or Villanova uh, in right. the Elite Eight and then would have to take on Kansas. So I guess my general feeling is Kansas will only gain equity between now and the Final Four weekend because they have a very soft region. Get involved now. And any chaos that happens otherwise gives Kansas equity. Somebody beats Gonzaga, that immediately that goes into Kansas's pot. Somebody beats Arizona, immediately that goes into Kansas's pot. So I think at five to one, that number still could get a lot shorter between now and when we talk next Monday. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go through some of our bets, not only in the futures market as we get ready for the Sweet 16 throughout the week, but I'm going to have to fire away on some bets and getting eight and a half with Arkansas might be one of my first ones I look at throughout the week. We'll get back to basketball in a second, but for now, uh, the madness is upon us and you get an edge plus annual subscription and you unlock college basketball DFS and betting tools with game predictions, player prop projections, and more get ready to cut down the nets using promo code brackets 20 plus you'll get every tool for every sport with your edge plus subscription including our new fantasy baseball draft guide powered by Roto World. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus and use promo code BRACKETS20 at checkout to find your edge. We'll get back to our uh, picks for the week and, of course, Sweet 16 in a minute. But baseball is back, and that's where we go. Now we welcome in former catcher Chris Jimenez. And Chris, appreciate the time. How you doing? 
I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Getting ready with all the frenzy uh, and the free agency in baseball right now. And there's yes. been some, you know, before the lockout, there were a lot of incredible signings and big signings with Max Scherzer and so many other players. And then after now, we've seen guys like Freddie Freeman, Kyle Schwarber, and so many other pieces fall. And when you think about free agency and, and a lot of the big deals that have been happening over the past week or two, which team do you think has benefited the most? Who's really impressed you with their new additions? Yeah, I mean, I think this is actually a fairly easy one, uh, and it's the New York Mets. If you look at this just from a strict adding pure talent standpoint to a roster, you know, the Mets adding Max Scherzer, you know, adding a few different position players that are significantly going, significantly, excuse me, going to help that roster from an on-base standpoint, from a runs-created standpoint. Um, yeah, I really think Toronto is kind of a close second, but for me it's New York, and it's New York kind of – you know, by a decent margin there, just by the pitching they've added and obviously that position player pool they've added. That's interesting because the market has been a little bit shy on them, and we'll come back to the NL East in a bit. But I'm going to pick your brain on the on the AL East, which is sort of the hot topic among <laughs> the handicappers wow. we talked to. <laughs> Absolutely loaded <laughs> division here. Um, you mentioned the Blue Jays had a tremendous offseason. I don't think anyone yes. would disagree with that. Yankees somewhat uninspiring uh, what they decided to do with their capital, but that's okay. They still have a very good team. Uh, and then, of course, the Rays managed to get slept on year after year and ultimately win this division like it's their job, potentially. And, of course, the Red Sox were, were a very tough out uh, down right. the stretch last year. So you have four uh, – you know, you have four – true contenders and then the mighty baltimore orioles let's not yeah, sleep, sleep on the up. orioles um <laughs> but uh ultimately this looks like a very competitive division it gave us three playoff teams last year are we expecting the same this year or do you think that there is a clear uh team that can distinguish themselves through the regular season well i definitely think that there's an opportunity for a team to distinguish themselves throughout the regular season but it really really appears that this is going to be you know the three teams that make the playoffs most likely from this division uh, I would be really hard pressed to say, you know, Toronto, either one of Tampa Bay and New York, which I still give Tampa Bay the edge just based on their pitching currently. Um, and then probably the Boston Red Sox uh, would be my guesses to make it out uh, of that division. If you look at the AL Central, obviously a little bit more of a rebuilding time. You know, the White Sox are the clear cut favorite there. You have kind of a little bit of a sleeper in Detroit who potentially could make some noise in that division. They've also had some nice additions this offseason. Uh, Cleveland, I, I, I hate to say this because I'm an Indians guy or excuse me, a Guardians guy. Um, I hate saying the Guardians thing. I'm always going to be an Indians guy, but, you know, uh, they, it's going to take a lot of time to adjust for everyone that knows baseball. Trust me. I just pretty much stick to it as Cleveland. And I know I can't Cleveland. get in trouble. Saying that. There so, you go. Yeah. They have had a very uninspiring offseason. Uh, sneakily though, the Minnesota twins as well. Uh, have had some pretty good moves. You know, I think they shocked the world signing Carlos Correa a couple of days ago. Nobody really saw that coming. And he obviously is going to be a tremendous addition to that team. They still could add another pitcher or two. There's a few guys in Oakland that I think would look pretty darn good in the Twin Cities uh, right now and would significantly help their chances. But the AL West, again, the, the Angels, who really knows what's going to happen with them? I, I just feel like they're middling in mediocrity. Uh, it's the Astros' clear-cut favorites for me, you know, with – Seattle kind of sneaking up there as well. They're another team that could sneakily be in position with that extra wild card spot, or excuse me, the just extra playoff spot in general. Uh, but I, gen I generally think those three teams most likely will come out of the AL East. Mm. Well, I, was, I wasn't really making a joke at the Baltimore Orioles' expense. Um, <laughs> let's not forget this time last year. 
the San Francisco Giants were about 200 right. to one to win right. the, the extremely challenging NL West. And ultimately that cashed. So the Baltimore Orioles at 175 to one, there's precedent. Hey, you never know. There is precedent. That's a good point. With the expanded playoffs and to see some big numbers, it'll be interesting to, you know, cap after obviously spring training and moving into the season, long season, and now more games and bigger playoff picture. And it brings me to the NL East. I do want to go back there because, you know, the Blue Jays and, and just my final comment, the Blue Jays plus 190, I'm sure is warranted for all of their recent signings. But to the NL East, um, the Braves are the favorite plus 145. We talked a little bit about the Mets at plus 150. The Phillies have a, an amazing signing with Nick Castellanos now this is an extremely competitive division who is the favorite to come out now of the NL East and as we kind of joke about teams being able to make a push and kind of show the Braves were not the favorite for the majority of the season last year right like a lot of amazing acquisitions down the stretch so when you look at the NL East in particular whether it's the Braves who got rid of Freddie Friedman they bring in an incredible player in Matt Olson who stands out in this division I still think it's the Braves division I know I just sat there and gloated about the New York Mets But to me, when you're the champion, you're the champion until you get knocked off. And a lot of times we see teams like the Mets with a lot of new additions. It takes a little while for them to kind of find their footing. The Braves have pretty much have zero turnover aside from Matt Olson, who ends up being number one, one of like the best clubhouse guys in baseball. Uh, Number two, their pitching staff has not done anything but got better. Uh, The signing of Kenley Jansen, a few other signings in the back end of that bullpen. Mm -hmm. Their starting rotation is getting healthier they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. You also have Marcelo Zuna coming back for a full season. You know, that's going to help things from an offensive standpoint. They did bring back Eddie Rosario, who was a fan favorite, and uh, the NLCS MVP, which, again, lengthening out that lineup, balancing it from a right and left-hand standpoint is going to be huge. Um, I feel bad for Matt Olson because he does join a division that has Zach Wheeler and, like, 75 other really, really good pitchers from the Mets uh, and the Phillies, for that matter. But uh, I still think this is Atlanta's division to lose uh, until the Mets, potentially even the Phillies. You know, like you said, you mentioned earlier, you made a couple of really, really good additions. Nick Castellanos is a stud. The sleeper of this whole thing, though, is Kyle Schwarber. That guy in that at Citizens Bank ballpark, whatever bets there are on him, I would take every one of them because he might hit 50 homers. He's going to help that that offense out significantly as well. But ultimately, I do think it's Atlanta's division to lose. Mm. Interesting. Well, I think if anything has taught us, you know, history has taught us anything about the NL East, it is just scoop the best price available as you go through the season on whoever is live, because I've now twice in recent memory had the Nationals come out of nowhere. Great point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. The Braves yeah. come back from the dead. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, keeping an eye on all three of these teams at the top throughout the season and trying to target best price when you know buying low. Um, makes the most sense to me Uh, a team that you're not ever going to be able to buy low on however is the (laughs) la dodgers it's true (laughs) you can walk they they might be fifth place in the in the nls through a month of play and they will still be the odds on favorite uh that's that's just the way that this boy that's just the way the market works for this these guys um total sitting at 96 and a half most of any team in in major league baseball um is it you know are, have we reached the point where we are, where people are sleeping on this team just because they haven't realized the potential, at least in the last cycle? Man, I don't know. That's going to be hard. If you're sleeping on the Dodgers, there you've been asleep for a long time. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really, really easy, obviously, to maybe take a little bit of a downturn on the Dodgers. They've lost, you know, losing Matt Scherzer is going to hurt, no doubt. 
if there is a weakness in this team, it is out of their starting pitching front, uh, you know, headed by a one, two monster of Walker Buehler and Luis, you know, or Julio Urias, excuse me, um, is a really, really good one, two punch. After that, I think there is a lot of value. The signing of Tyler Anderson was a sneaky, really, really good pick. Um, he's going to, you know, get with that pitching staff and their organizational philosophy in regards to attacking hitters in certain areas and certain locations and using, you know, his own pitch characteristics to his advantage. And they're probably going to give him some information he's probably never seen before. So I have, a, you know, a feeling that that could be a sneaky, decent addition. Um, obviously, they signed Danny Duffy as well. You know, he never really pitched last year after the trade. Uh, that's also could be a potentially really, really good addition. But they also have depth. You know, they have Dustin May coming back from Tommy John surgery. Mm -hmm. Tony Gonsolin, I don't think, has necessarily gotten the due credit he deserves. He's put up, gone out and put up great numbers, although be it, you know, maybe ugly at times. He's still a solid starting pitcher, and he's going to eat up innings. This bullpen is still really good, even with the loss of Kenley Jansen. Uh, Blake Trinan, in my opinion, has the nastiest stuff of any pitcher I've ever seen in my life. So I, you never can count that out. But when it comes down to it, the addition of Freddie Freeman, you guys, is massive but on, on so many levels, right? Like not only is he gold glove caliber first baseman, the MVP, former MVP, I think that gives him like 36 MVPs on their 25-man roster. <laughs> -man roster. Um, yeah. you know, what he brings in the clubhouse from a veteran leadership standpoint, the fact that, you know, you also lose having to face him potentially in the playoffs at some point. This is a battle-tested, battle-hardened, you know, solid, solid MVP player that you're adding to your team. So anytime you have the opportunity to add a player of that talent and that caliber, um, who the Dodgers have had so many battles with the last four to five years in particular, it's nice to see a guy like that on your own side for once, as opposed to, you know, getting to the NLCS and having to face this dude, you know, seven times potentially in a seven game series. I was laughing, Chris, because I've heard so many people that absolutely hate facing Blake Trinan. So uh, very good insight. Like no one likes to see that guy. No, uh, trust me. Now, as I look at the Dodgers, just that they're over under win total, by the way, and, and you obviously talking about the success they can have and most likely will have 96 and a half. That's the most of any team, the highest win total on the board. They're minus 200 to win the NL West, the shortest price to win the National League, uh, plus 210. They're also five to one to win the World Series, shortest odds right now at the sports book. If I were to ask you and put you on the spot right now, come October and, and early November, who wins the World Series? Who wins the World Series? That See, that's a great question. And you definitely put me on the spot. Because I would love <laughs> to say, you know, I would love to say the Dodgers. Um, I think they, I'm sure, like you mentioned, they are probably the odds-on favorites mm -hmm. to win that. But honestly, this is going to sound a little crazy. I think the Toronto Blue Jays have the best chance to win the World Series. Uh, coming from that division, obviously, they are going to be tested significantly throughout the regular season and it's going to be you know just a, a bloodbath trying to get through the ALEs to be completely honest with you but they have the best pitching staff in baseball maybe the second best depending on how you think of the New York Mets uh injury concerns you know kind of hold me back a little bit on the Mets end uh, but I think they have the best starting rotation they have done some significant work to that bullpen throughout the last year and a half um, adding, you know, the addition of Jordan Romano as their closer who came in and just absolutely was lights out. They offer so many different looks from a bullpen perspective in regards to, you know, guys that are up top from a right-hand perspective, left-handed sidewinders, you know, sub submarine guys from the right-hand side with Adam Simber. They give you so many different looks. It's so many options and weapons for Charlie Montoya to dispose at any point in time. 
and not, not only getting to that pitching staff, they've got some horses. You know, this is one of the only teams in the league in baseball that have guys that can consistently go six plus innings and utilize that bullpen to their strength. And then, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that their offense is still pretty damn good too. Uh, and then you just added the best defensive third baseman in baseball, arguably in Matt Chapman. That's going to help significantly with that pitching staff. Uh, this could be a really, really, really fun team to watch this year. Totally a dangerous team and uh, one of the betting favorites because of those reasons, hands right. down. One of the best teams coming into Major League Baseball and entering this season. It's been fun to watch some of the highlights already from their spring training games. Hey, Chris, we really appreciate the time and all the insight. You can follow Chris on Twitter at ChrisGimenez5. Chris, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited, must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-5 322-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Bet the Edge is expanding. Drew and I now host Bet the Edge game time on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern to get you armed with all the last-minute insight, information, and trends you'll need to make your wagers before the games begin. So make sure to check it out on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Game time. <laughs> game time. Yep. We're going to take you right off the tip-off. There is uh, incredible NBA action as we come down the home stretch here. Seating still wide open in the, in the Eastern Conference, especially. A very, very exciting time and a lot of good action to handicap. So join us on Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and, of course, bring winners. Drop them in the chat. We'll give you some love. 
bring some winners. I know who's bringing winners on Wednesday, and he's also on today's <laughs> show. It's our guy, Corey Parson, hopefully repping the Yankees hat. And yes, he is. I'm talking a little baseball. Corey, we got to get into uh, the Sweet 16 matchups. Drew and I touched on them a little bit, and there are some fantastic games. And I do want to begin with you here. Texas Tech right now opened as a one-and-a-half-point favorite over Duke. Total 138-and-a-half. Do you have any early leans on this game and any other games as we get ready for the round of 16? Yeah, I got some leans on in baseball too, but I'll save those. <laughs> save them. Imagine what they are. Uh, I like Texas Tech to win the game. I got Texas Tech in my Final Four. I do have two Final Four teams left. That's all. I lost Kentucky, and I and I lost Auburn. So I have Texas Tech and Arizona remaining. So I'm gonna have to continue to roll with Texas Tech. And basically, we're looking at you know battle offense versus defense. I just wonder, you know would do when they've played poorly down the stretches really because of their defense. So I think they could be in a situation to really, I don't want to say get ran out to gym by Texas tech, but I think we could see a, a Texas tech victory in the three to five point range. So I like Texas tech uh, to, to, to get the win in, in advance. I think this is be the last time we see coach K and, in, 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 um, you know, coaching on the sideline. So shout out to him, you know, 42 years. That was cool. But right now it's time for Texas tech to advance. Yeah, we were joking on brackets and bets, and I was saying, you know, yes, this is an underwhelming Duke team, but not the kind of team that loses in the first weekend. They're the kind of team that loses uh, on the first I had a move in the team. Davidson, you know what I'm saying? I think Davidson, you know, in, in that first round game was very poorly officiated versus Michigan State, but here we are. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I no, no disagreement. I'm not making a case for Duke to go any further. And even if they do, they're not getting past Gonzaga. It's just uh, it's a terrible yeah, matchup. Um, both of, these, are both, yeah, these are both terrible matchups. Duke's probably. And Texas Tech has been a covering yeah. machine all season long, just getting now 22 and 14 against the number. We know how good they were at home, but they've also proven in the tournament they could win on the road. Yeah. Of the four teams alive in the West, I would be the most surprised if Duke is in the Final Four. Um, that's it. A team that I'm not surprised is in the Sweet 16 is the North Carolina Tar Heels. We were breaking them down on brackets and bets, and we were talking about this potential matchup of UNC versus UCLA in the Sweet 16. It feels like old times. Uh, you know, these are two storied programs, obviously. Haven't seen them go head to head in a while. Um, but this is a good matchup, and North Carolina is finally catching a little bit of respect. They're only two and a half point dogs against UCLA. Um, this, of course, is not in UCLA's backyard, uh, and I don't know if the uh, you know location is going to mean much, but it you know it mm -hmm. kind of feels like it's advantage North Carolina in that regard. Um, what do you make of this matchup between North Carolina and UCLA? Do you think this is the end for the Tar Heels, or do they continue their run on, into uh, the Elite Eight? You know, I think it's interesting that you have these two blue blood programs playing in the city of Philadelphia, which is definitely a big college basketball town, a big basketball town, period. It kind of reminds me of North Carolina and Georgetown at the Brendan Byrne Arena uh, some years ago in that classic matchup. Listen, this is going to be a, a, a mega success for CBS. You get these two blue bloods <laughs> a chance to go to the Elite Eight. This is going to be a heavily bet game. This is going to be a heavily watched game. Wouldn't be surprised if this is the most heavily bet game of the NCAA tournament. When it comes to the action on the court, I'm going to continue to ride with the Tar Heels, you know, especially now, you know, and, and, you know now that some of two of my final four teams are going. <laughs> in my in, in my re-up bracket, I'm going to have North Carolina making a final four run. Got to, you know, I do, I did, I did take out a couple of futures on the Tar Heels. Really, you know, UCLA is a very good defensive team dealing with some injuries right now. North Carolina was able to hang on. They had to beat Baylor and the referees. They were able to hang on and do that. <laughs> 
Now, with that being said, I don't know if UCLA can score enough to keep up with North Carolina, especially if Jacquez is not playing. So I'm going to go with the Tar Heels and what I think is going to be a very, very, very good game. Now, if Jacquez does go, that line could push up a little bit. So I'm going to be on the Tar Heels on, on the Tar Heels to win the game. Tar's on the money line. UCLA a long way from home, but um, mm-hmm. I just think North Carolina has a little bit too much offense, and they're playing with confidence right now. To me, this season's North Carolina kind of reminds me of last year's UCLA team. So Ooh. I'm going with Tar Heels at this point. Yeah, they're playing really well. They put up 90-plus points in three of their last five. Keep an eye on Jaime Jaquez and his status and see how this moves the line because right now, as mentioned, UCLA laying two and a half. If he does go, and it will be announced, obviously, probably within the day of the game on Friday, uh, keep an eye. More money will probably come in on UCLA. But rolled his ankle, injury status still unknown for the game against UNC. Let's go to the NBA, though, and uh, I think people, most of us know, uh, Drew and I have some futures on BM Adebayo, Defensive Player of the Year. So I've been watching a lot of Miami Heat over the last few weeks. And tonight they're taking on the Sixers on the road in Philadelphia. Uh, Miami's favored by two in this one, total 214 and a half. Um, Sixers on a back-to-back. Who do you like in this one, Corey? This is going to be a tough one right here. This is essentially a playoff game. Two teams. Man, I tell you what, when you get past the Heat, that two through six in the Eastern Conference, separated by like three games, uh, a bunch of those teams. So playoff position is going to be tough. But we're getting to the time of year where things are starting to take shape up and take place. Not so much in this game than other matchups, but when you look at the Philadelphia 76ers this season, one of their Achilles heels has been their play at home and their play against the spread at home. While the Miami Heat, on the other hand, have been phenomenal against the spread on the road. Matter of fact, they won some of their last eight road games have covered them like all of them maybe had a push. And Miami's been tremendous on the road. I think you got to go with the top team in the Eastern Conference tonight with the Miami Heat. I would play them on the money line. Uh, Jimmy Butler likely to be a game time decision, but I think he is going to play. If Butler plays, I'm going with the seven. With, excuse me, with the Miami Heat. If Butler six, I'm going with seventy sixes. I think the under is probably a good bet in this game as well. This game will be played at a playoff pace. Yeah, we have a, a pretty significant. Um... Uh, indication in the market that the Heat are the right side. This has been one-way action Heat. Uh, and realistically, if you watched any of the Sixers game yesterday against the Raptors, you may see why. The Sixers right now look extremely tired. Uh, yeah. Dead legs, could not hit threes, could not keep pace with the, a kind of a pedestrian effort from the Raptors. Meanwhile, the Heat are coming in fully rested. This should be an opportunity for the Heat to continue to distinguish themselves against the best of the East, which is what we've been seeing a lot of in the last month. So uh, let's go Miami. Let's go Bam. Limit Keep keep uh, Joel Embiid into like the 20-point range and, uh, Dan and Kelly get, dropping that, get that DPOY. Dan Kelly dropping an Odin, by the way, Sixers. And it's a great point. Not, not just on a back-to-back. Yeah. They played six games in the last nine days. They're exhausted now facing the Miami Heat. By the way, I see your cat just coming in the picture, Drew, and I love it. <laughs> I think he likes the Heat as well. Well, a huge Bam Adebayo fan. Yeah, there's no denying that. <laughs> uh, curious if you got a take on a couple of these other NBA games. Uh, and I'll circle one that uh, immediately drew my interest. The Minnesota Timberwolves, quietly one of the hottest teams in the NBA. This team, when fully healthy and when motivated, have been absolutely you know, world-beating. Uh, and they take on a Mavericks team that's had some ups and downs, uh, frankly. And, you know, the Mavericks are good enough to get uh, a win against anyone, although at times have been shown to be beatable uh is this a spot to look for the dog with the timberwolves catching three at the mavericks this is going to be a good one right here and this is one where you look at it where it's to the point of the season 
where everything is starting to come together, particularly these matches with good teams. Dallas been absolutely phenomenal this season at home. The Timberwolves have been phenomenal on the road. Timberwolves winners are last of their nine, uh, nine of their last 10 games. They have moved up to the sixth spot in the Western Conference. So they're actually in the playoffs. They have pushed the Nuggets, who have been playing well, into the playing tournament. Yeah. So that's very significant right there. Um, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, we've seen with this team has been able to do recently the way they're on the run. Listen, they're kind of this team is kind of taking on Pat Beverly's energy, which that might work in the regular season. In the playoffs, they had to lose that because Pat Beverly's never won anything. With that being said, it's two teams that I'm not fading right now. I'm not fading the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not fading the Boston Celtics. Yeah. The Mavericks at home in this matchup is going to have a playoff-style atmosphere with seating on the line. I like the Mavericks to get the win. I think I've been speaking – I think every time somebody asks me to talk about the NBA, I tell them I like the Dallas Mavericks to win the West. I think the Mavericks with, with Jason Kidd, very good defensively. Lucas giving them what they want. So give me the Dallas Mavericks in this, which should be a very good game right here. I'm glad the NBA comes back after college basketball with two good games tonight. No, it's an awesome NBA slate. It's tough to fade the Mavs, tough, tough to uh, fade the Timberwolves as well. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. They've won four straight now. They're coming in hot. But we have comments uh, coming along right now. Now Matthew Preston chiming in, and that's a great note. The Mavs haven't lost three in a row since last year. They're coming off back-to-back losses now, so hoping they can get back on track and get a big win at home. Three-and-a-half-point favorites, and I know you like the Mavs. I have a prop tonight in the NBA, Drew. Surprise alert for my edge of the day in that Mavericks game. I know. Who is she? She had to go to the NBA. College basketball's too. Look at this. Two days away. I need action for tonight. Anyway, I, Corey. I feel like you should have pivoted to the NBA prop game a long time ago. You know, sometimes I dabble, but I'm always trying to give a winner out on the show, and I don't give out a lot of picks. So I feel confident about my NBA prop tonight, so okay. I'll give it out. I'm anyway, Corey, we I'm appreciate you. In the, NBA, in the NBA prop market. I see, to me, Sarah, I'm not a prop. I think the props are a Ponzi scheme. So I lay off the prop. I'm like, Ponzi scheme prop, Corey Parson. (laughs) Corey, I disagree. I feel like I only make money in the prop market, to be completely honest, or I'm teasing NFL lines, and that's it. That's it for me. Cool. You can find Corey, the Ponzi scheme prop king himself, on Twitter. (laughs) Now, make sure to check out all of his content on NBCSportsEdge.com, as well as him hosting Bet the Edge Wednesdays. He'll be on the Game Time Edition on Wednesday evening as well. Corey, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck, everybody. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. Adding matchups between the Hawks and Pistons, Kings and Pacers, and Jazz and Celtics. If you don't have the Predictor app yet, be sure to download it now. 50 grand on the line, NBC Sports Predictor app. Now, there's also going to be a special Oscars contest on the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet. We got the Oscars coming up. And Drew... You handicap the Oscars, or maybe you have an amazing person that handicaps the Oscars. You got a guy. <laughs> like you have a t-shirt guy, a guy that handicaps lacrosse, yeah. a guy yeah. that handicaps swimming in the Maldives. I don't know. You got it all. Yeah. So I got a gal. I got a gal for that. Um, a gal. The, uh, Whatever. No. The it, Oscars. It, where are we going? Yeah, I'm sure you're. you're uh, the, the Oscars is an information market. It's fun to watch this market mature over the balance of the award, rest of the award season because you get little clues as you kind of work through. And the Screen Actors Guild and the Directors Guild gives their awards, and the British actors give their. Awards. 
awards and you can pick kind of uh you figure out sort of who all of the factions are supporting in the awards market and the big winners this weekend looks like it will be power of the dog this is of course the benedict cumberbatch movie uh directed by jane campion and i think if you're gonna uh you know look across the major awards markets you have to give some respect to power of the dog as both um you know best picture uh, as well as right. best director obviously they're the heavy juice in those markets best adapted screenplay is a little bit uh, less um cost prohibitive they're only minus 250 there realistically should be about minus 500 for best adapted screenplay um best film editing as well and film editing if you don't already know is sort of a, um, a bellwether for who's going to win best picture so uh expecting a big night for power of the dog and i'm going to pick through uh at least picture director screenplay and editing and we'll be able to give a little breakdown and some insight on the Oscars market, which Drew is a pretty sharp market, it seems like. It's well, it's a sharp market, but it's one of these funny markets where you'll see a price go from plus four hundred to minus five thousand in the balance of two weeks. <laughs> like like they like the way that like opinion becomes uh, crystallized and the the prices you know, there's no NBA game that you're ever going to catch a plus 400 and it closes minus 5,000 like this is very oh, very yeah. unique where you see this happen and uh, uh, that makes fascinating. it fascinating yeah, yeah it does make it fun we'll continue handicapping the Oscars as we get ready for the NBC sports predictor app that will have the contest as well and I'm going to get involved I actually love betting into these uh, these kind of events like the Oscars nonetheless I love betting into our edge of the day. And that's how we wrap up the show every single day here on Bet the Edge. Favorite bet on the board. Drew, what do you got? So I'm going back to the NBA. There was a ton to choose from. Uh, I, I'm not going to go against Corey, but I did lean Timberwolves against the Mavericks. Uh, I think the Mavericks might be losing their first uh, third in a row for this year. But uh -huh. um, but there's better stuff to pick from. I agree the Miami Heat are the right side. Market, obviously, strong agreement there. I agree Charlotte Hornets are the right side. Market, strong agreement there. Chicago, I like over Toronto. Uh, Chicago's only home game uh, before they have to vacate the United Center for the Sweet 16. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets are catching uh, points, amazingly, uh, at home against the Utah Jazz. Again, similar situation where if you kind of break down some of the box score, some of the, you know, some of the trends of the Utah Jazz over the last three games, this is a team that is starting to get tired. They are not making their threes at, at a, uh, a team-wide clip. Um, if they took, they needed seven threes from Donovan Mitchell last night. They needed Rudy Gobert to be outstanding from the free throw line. Uh, in, and they needed, uh, you know, the New York Knicks to self eject in order to get that win against the Knicks in New York yesterday. They now go to Brooklyn on a back to back. Um, and the Brooklyn Nets are coming in fully rested. Uh, no Kyrie Irving, obviously, because of the vaccine mandate. Otherwise, Brooklyn's going to be at relatively full strength. I think Andre Drummond is going to be a factor in this one, uh, going toe to toe with uh, Rudy Gobert. And of course, Kevin Durant, there is no way, no how that Utah can match up with him defensively in this contest. So, Brooklyn Nets. Catching points, going to win outright, in my opinion. Uh, I like them plus one and a half. I like them on the money line at uh, okay. plus 100. Some confidence coming in with our edge projection tools, as we were showing a minute ago with the live odds, and you can find those on the website. Coming in on the nets, on the money line and the spread, and 65% of the handle with the points, with the nets. People are agreeing with you, the whale, in our comments. I'll close us out with that's right, as I tease. My edge of the day is an NBA prop, Drew. Let's go. Yeah, you know what? I got to do it. It's, it's the end of March. I feel like it's time to get involved. Luka Doncic and a plus money prop. <laughs> That's where I'm going. He's shooting and making a ton of threes. 
So I'm taking over three and a half made threes at plus 100. That's on points bet. Since the Porzingis trade, if you go back, he's averaging about 4.3 threes per game. But if you just even look more recently what he's done in six of his last eight games, he's made four or more three-pointers. He's attempted at least 10 three-pointers in seven straight games. He's coming off of a monster performance against Charlotte where he hit eight three-pointers. High-scoring game tonight. The total sitting around 230. You think it's going to be obviously a good game in favor of the underdog. I think them at home is a huge, huge advantage. And as we know, Luca's really been putting the team on his back. So over three and a half made threes, some plus money, plus 100. That's my look in the association with you, my friend tonight, Drew. Well, I, I you know what? This feels like a good, you know, a, a good um, something of a good sign of things to come. Uh, because here we are as you, you're working your way towards the NBA playoffs. We're going to have a good two-month stretch where we're going to be talking NBA a lot. Uh, and if you can pick a, a prop that you know speaks to you every night between now and you know we get to the NBA Finals in June, I think you're, you're on to something good. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that then. Hopefully this starts us off nice with some plus money. I'll tell you, I also like the heat tonight, and I'll just say it again. Let's go bam. Uh, that's all we have here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet on a Monday. Thanks for starting your week here. We'll be back here tomorrow, 11 a.m. on the YouTube channel. Until then, best of luck with all of your bets. And if you have any other winners, be sure to tweet us. You can find us on social media. And for more analysis, go to NBCSportsEdge.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.